Welcome to Word First Radio, the podcast of Word First Ministries. Tune in each week and join us as we pursue God's command to make disciples of all nations. What is up, you guys? Welcome to Word First Radio, the podcast brought to you by Word First Ministries. I'm your host, Jacob O'Neill. And as always, I'm joined by my friends, Cameron and Bailey. And today we have a very special guest in the studio. This is Raquel. I'm, I'm going to butcher it. Dilison. Hi. From Portugal, but in Dilison. Norway. Yes. So Raquel's a really great friend of ours, and we're going to learn everything about her today, including her darkest sin. I feel like we don't have to put really good friend of ours on her. Oh, oh my. Like, we don't, you, you don't have to admit to that. Are you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's, 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 let's keep this We respect and admire and all of that. <laughs> just don't <laughs> yes. Yeah. Not well, thank you for yeah. interrupting the intro. <laughs> yeah. We're not, <laughs> we're not going to ask Raquel her darkest sin, which is what you interrupted me <laughs> <Yes. saying. Okay. laughs> That's good. Sorry. <laughs> Bailey, can you pray us in? Yep, <laughs> we need it. God Almighty, first of all, please forgive us. Um, <laughs> thank you that you do forgive us. Um, mm. Thank you. Also for our good friend Raquel, um, who we claim as our good friend. Um, and just thank you for the blessing that she is, that her husband Espen mm-hmm. is, that baby Emma is in our lives. Um, we love them and we are just so excited to be with our sister today. So we pray that you would um, steady her heart, help her not to be nervous as we interrogate her and learn everything there is to know about the world and Christianity from her. Um but in all seriousness, God, we just ask that you would um, help us to keep our mouth shut today and learn and soak up every bit of wisdom and insight we can get from our sister. Mm-hmm. So Lord, we love you. We dedicate this time to you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 How you doing, Raquel? I'm fine. Excellent. Oh, well, actually, um, I have to say, this is not my normal voice. Oh, yes. I'm a bit, I have a bit of a cold, so I hope it will not be a problem. But mm-hmm. uh, I think I can speak, oh. yeah. She usually no speaks problem. with a, like a Portuguese accent. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, what? This is a, like, I'm going to try to do California accent. Oh, let's, oh, oh, let's <laughs> Can you really give oh, our best California? What? Oh, please don't ask no, me. You were surrounded okay. by three Californians. You should have a good reference. Oh. <laughs> no, I, I don't want people to hate me. Oh. Really quick, just to like introduce her a little bit more yeah um so raquel is one of the like um christians in the city who Mm -hmm. is unrivaled in their kindness and awesomeness and Mm -hmm. all of that like the people that we talk about when we're like we showed up in august didn't know anyone but christians welcomed us into their homes Mm -hmm. and fed us and didn't clothe us we had clothes but yeah um, (laughs) would have yeah they would have yeah 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 okay raquel and espen were um, among those mm-hmm. who did. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so they're yeah. awesome. Uh, Raquel took the girls you. out, Motown and uh, Grace, for coffee, mm-hmm. like I think in the first few weeks of us being here. Yeah. So mm-hmm. just like yeah. when we talk about the awesome Christians who welcomed us here and were like surprising, like we weren't mm-hmm. expecting to be met like that at mm-hmm. all when yeah. we got here. Um, and Espen is one of the yeah. pastors at our at the church we're members now, Home Church. Mm-hmm. And she is married to and has a beautiful baby with that yeah. good, that good, wonderful mm. man. Yeah, we just. I mean, it, when we say our good friend, really, honestly, we're not like yeah. you don't have to claim us, but we <laughs> are so thankful for you, and, mm. and even me as. So I was kind of the was I guess whatever the, the pastor to the group for a long time. That was my role in in our group dynamic, mm-hmm. and then when you guys came here without me, I was. Mm. I don't know how to explain it. I wasn't nervous. Mm. I knew you guys, you guys would be okay, but I, I felt like uh, I felt like my babies are, are mm. gone. You know, like <laughs> like I, I want to be there. I, I want to make sure they're yeah. okay. And in case something goes wrong, 
I want to be there and I wasn't and God has used you uh, and and some others but you were among the the people who like gave me personal comfort while I was an I was an ocean away mm. wondering like how are these people like my closest friends my most the most dear people to me outside of my own family like are they taking care of are they going to be all right and you were one of the people who answered all of those answered a lot of those prayers for us so oh, so we just we you. love you a lot Aww. So no pressure. Yeah. No pressure. <laughs> <And> now, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's actually what this episode is just all about, is just us <laughs> talking about you with you here. So, okay. <laughs> um, so uh, real quick, Raquel, um, tell us again, and then really just the 22 people listening at home. <laughs> uh, well, seven, six of five of us are in here. That's and right. then there's, so there's like the 10 of the people on the mission, so close to a dozen people. That's right. And this... So right. we'll hear about it again. It's like, <laughs> so, sorry, we'll, we'll just acknowledge that some guys just walked by where we were recording yeah. with like a salad and a midriff. <laughs> what? Yeah, that's exactly. I didn't Did see, see? I saw I saw homeboy holding a salad and his belly button. <laughs> so is that that's why that's well, why I was well, welcome to word for it. Oh, <laughs> uh, right, sorry. Take three. <laughs> well, we can't stop now, so yeah. we're going to keep going. <laughs> All right. Raquel, please, please, so we can get this started, tell us uh, about yourself. You're from Portugal, yes. uh, as we hint, we subtly hinted at earlier with yeah. the Portuguese accent. Yeah. So tell us and about you yourself. you said she's from Portugal. That's yes. right. <laughs> that was a pretty solid hint. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> okay, so in case you haven't understood before, I'm from Portugal. Yes. Uh, and I grew up in a Christian family. Um, and I, you know, we went as a family to church every single Sunday. Uh, you know, in a Baptist church. Uh, we lived like 20 minutes from Lisbon. Mm. Um, and, you know, I just grew up surrounded by, you know, my uh, church family. Yeah. Excellent. So that's my... The beginning of my life. Very cool. Yeah, and you, so born in Portugal, raised in Portugal, um, in a Christian family. That's mm-hmm. kind of um, uh, Cam. You know what that's like. Yeah, uh, for us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, we were raised going to church all the time as children. Um, so do you have? Um, how did you meet Jesus? Like, wh- when did you actually decide? Like, okay, now I'm going to put faith in Jesus and make mm-hmm. this decision for myself. Yeah. So what happened to me is that at some point in time, and I think during those typical. Uh, teenage years where you start question your parents' faith and you start question everything. Right. Unfortunately, I didn't have anyone close to me to help me through it. And so mm. I just stopped believing because, you know, and you learn science and you learn, mm. you just start to look at the world with such a naturalistic point of view. And I really stopped, like, I thought it was ridiculous to to do so much and to sacrifice so much. And uh, you have all these rules, all these to-do lists. Mm. Uh, for someone that you don't see. Uh, mm-hmm. And I, I remember thinking, like, I'm just going to hold on, keep it a secret. And when I'm 18, I'm going to drop this and be honest with my parents and say, I don't follow you at all mm-hmm. on this. And, but I continue, because of friendships, you know, and, you know, it's fun, continue to go to camps and to, uh, right. you know, the sort of activities. And, and I started to, like, be a little bit more sympathetic of Christian faith. I, I remember thinking, you know, oh, come on, you know, you're going to be a good citizen by being a good Christian. So mm-hmm. it's okay. And maybe, you know, if, if hell is ex- exists, then I'll not go to hell. So yeah. it's, <laughs> that's, that's good. You know, you <laughs> know it's a win win situation. So I'm just going to, like, play this uh, role, I guess. But, um, so I went to a, a summer camp, like, 
it was so, so normal for us as uh, kids to go. And it was at one of them that uh, the, um, the preacher and leader that actually was actually my cousin, uh, he spoke, uh, and I remember it was in the morning, he spoke in such a way that really, really got to me. It was like, oh, finally someone speaking my language, you know. Mm. And uh, I remember... Um, yeah, like after that, we had like a moment of uh, silent prayer, everyone, every camper. Um, and I remember really feeling that God was real, that he loved me for the first time as something, mm. yeah, something that you actually felt and not some abstract concept that you learn all your life. Mm-hmm. And so out of that, I remember having and having this commitment of I'm going to be this, I'm going to be Christian, I'm going to be following Jesus no matter what. Yeah, mm. I make that decision there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. There are like eight different podcast topics in I there know. that I want to explore. <laughs> so we'll have um, you on for the next seven weeks. Okay, <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> okay. uh, so I think that's wonderful. I think mm-hmm. there's there's parts of that that definitely resonate with um, my story and I'm sure Bailey's story. And, and mm-hmm. I can definitely... Uh, and also some of the things that are relevant to ministry here, some of the mm-hmm. things that we were yeah. hearing about um, in Norway here. And we're going to get into all of that, um, but uh, this is still the more introductory part of the interview. So that's amazing, a wonderful testimony. But I'm going to ask you a question that we have been asked a thousand million times. Oh, yeah. Why did you come to Norway? <laughs> Oh my God, I have no idea. And I still ask him all the time, why am I here? Uh, Why here? (laughs) No, the thing is, okay, so I'm going to try to keep this long story short. But basically, I continue going to church. I continue to grow as a Christian and be more involved with youth work in Portugal. And I did my bachelor in communication design and Mm. I worked as a graphic designer for several companies and so on. And um, but because I was so involved in the youth work, and I at some point in time I became the national leader of the Baptist youth. Oh wow! Um, I felt the urge of learning more theology and, and mm. feel more ready to be a leader. Because I didn't have any proper education in theology, so I I registered myself in our Baptist seminary back in Portugal. And I start to take some classes, uh, you know, after uh, job was done. Mm-hmm. And I started to, like, for the first time, like, I really enjoy this. And I didn't enjoy my bachelor so much, mm-hmm. but it was like, it was providing a paycheck, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, suddenly I was really enjoying learning all of that, mm-hmm. you know, having Bible taught in an academical way. I was really, you know, pumped by it. Mm-hmm. But of course, Portugal is a very small country. Mm-hmm. And so the thing of, uh, I'm going to do this for real full time. This is my call. No, it cannot be in Portugal. It's too small. As a mm-hmm. woman, I'll never have a job. Mm-hmm. So I can make a choice of, yeah, I'm going to go, you know, dive ahead in, in first into theology, take it three years, do it full time, and then most certainly I will not get a job after. I'll mm-hmm. be unemployed living mm-hmm. still at my parents' house. Mm-hmm. Or I can do it uh, as some do, that is, they continue to have their daily jobs and they, they do the classes at night mm-hmm. and then it can take like nine years. Mm-hmm. So I was a bit, okay. Um, but I, I felt so more and more um, unsatisfied with my job as a graphic designer. I had this real weird sensation that I, that was not what God made me for. I was in the wrong place doing mm-hmm. the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. And so I remember thinking, okay, God, if this is you bothering me enough, like my head and my thoughts and my, mm-hmm. you know, personal desires, um, okay, I'm going to take it a chance. I'm going to try to somehow, you know, maybe in another country, probably in another country, 
take theology for real as preparation for something. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I cannot do it in Portugal. That's a dead end, unfortunately. Uh, so if it's you putting this in me, just mm-hmm. uh, open the door, let me, like, what college to apply for? Mm-hmm. You know, and you need to pay for applications. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm just going to throw letters all over the place. I mean, mm-hmm. I was a bit lost there. So I really want to, like, God, if this is you, just, op- like, give me a hint. And so a couple of months after that, that prayer, uh, I went, because I was a youth leader, I went to a, a Baptist Federation meeting for youth and children uh, leaders. And there I met someone and I share like, you know, mm-hmm. you, you talk with all these people, right? And I talked about where I was in life with this desire of like really go uh, headfirst into, you know, theology. And he was like, why not Norway? Because he was living in Norway. <laughs> and I was like, well, I remember like, so yeah. from that moment, it started a whole year of, Norway? Is this the hint that God yeah. sent me? Mm, sounds familiar, um, guys. Yes. <laughs> Norway. Yes, but uh, but uh, <laughs> it was really conflict because part of me is like, mm. yeah, the only reason I want to go to Norway is because this guy said he, he will cover for me. I will not sleep in the street mm. if, you know, everything crashes. He will take me in. Uh, and because Norway is a rich country. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I was in Portugal, you know, with the huge financial, financial crisis mm. and the idea of having a country that's you know, they make more money than they spend was, mm-hmm. ah, I know. Mm-hmm. And I thought, no, this is me in the comfort zone, wanting to go to another comfort zone. This mm-hmm. is not God calling me. Yeah. Because this is like, it's an easy to go country because you have it covered. You, you are not, you know, not going to starve. So yeah, yeah, it was a whole year of, no, this is just in my head. Norway is not a choice. And who goes to study theology in Norway? <laughs> Nobody does yeah, that. Who? Us. <laughs> exactly. You know, from exactly, I mean, from, from an European point of view, nobody thinks of Norway as a go-to place for theology. Mm. Uh, you think of you know UK. Mm-hmm. You have mm-hmm. some good class, some good schools in the UK. That's where you go. That's what people with sense go, mm. uh, not Norway. <laughs> but uh, um, I sort of put like obstacles into this decision of now. This is all in my head. Norway is not the, the place to go. It's all in my head. Uh, but uh, God kept like, but you have to go. Mm. But this is the door I'm opening, mm-hmm. and uh, and so and I remember like even right before. I was like, okay, if this is still in my head, this is just me, God, open the, the close all the doors, make mm-hmm. everything hard and no, everything just open. I got a place to stay. I got a job. I got a place in, in the school, in theology. Everything just happened. I'm like, mm. okay, okay, I got it. I got it. No way. <laughs> and so I'm here. And I have also to say that in the same period and by the same guy, that same guy in the same meeting in the European Baptist Federation meeting, he said, oh, you are single. You know, I have a friend <laughs> who is also single. And I remember thinking so well, like, good for you. You have yeah. a friend that is single that lives 3,500 kilometers away from me. Mm-hmm. Great. I'm happy for you. Uh, and uh, But, you know, him and another guy, uh, they set us up on Facebook Messenger. Yes. Wow. And really, they started like this uh, four people face messaging uh, group with uh, welcome to Baptist dating service. Yes. Yeah, we think you two guys should meet and blah, blah, blah. And it was, uh, and we actually, because we had another common friend, we thought, okay, I'm curious. I cannot be, 
uh, you know, I need to to be honest and say mm-hmm. that I was curious. And so we started talking and now that guy is my husband. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so at some point it's in time. It's funny how that works out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it, it was it was really interesting because, of course, my, my drive for Norway was, you know, this urge to study theology and feeling that there was something out there that was not graphic design for me. Mm-hmm. But in the middle of this process, Aspen, my husband, also happened. So at the end, I had two strong reasons. To mm-hmm. come here. Mm-hmm. And it's also cool to think that Aspen, at the time that we met, mm-hmm. he was still working in Savanger, which is yeah. like f- eight hours drive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in that same year, he also went through a process of, uh, but you know, maybe we'll invite him and he'll yeah, say Yeah, we'll say definitely that. talk to him about that. <laughs> but, uh, but by the end of that year, and when I was already with the ticket spot, he was living in Oslo. Mm-hmm. And uh, we buy... By you know uh, God's grace, we were. I'm pretty sure it was a coincidence. Yeah, exactly. Coincidence is the, you know, it's it was a coincidence. By random chance, we yeah. were living yeah. ten minutes unguided, apart. Creatorless universe. Ten minutes. Ten minutes what? apart. Wow. that's insane. Yes. So it was okay. This is God, I guess. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Or rather, the random happening. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, just you know, coincidence. <laughs> of a creatorless no, God. Right. No, exactly. <laughs> it was a swerve. Yes. <laughs> That's a great story because when I, I I remember when I met you guys I was like I am pretty sure there's a story here. Mm-hmm. A woman from Portugal and a Norwegian man or maybe yes. they didn't have a kid. Mm-hmm. Like there's a there's a story there. So mm-hmm. that's I that's one half of 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 the heart necklace and then oh, yeah. will come in and oh, t- yeah, she stepped well. on it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I've been married too long. <laughs> <laughs> that's very uh that's a great story. I mm. love that. Um, so uh, you're in Norway now. That's mm-hmm. what, the next question was going to be: Why did you stay in Norway? But now we know. Well, now I'm stuck here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So what what do you do here in Norway? What do you do for ministry? Um, a living, I guess. Yeah. What What is the What is your ministerial work in Norway? Ministry okay. work in Norway. Yeah, so I'm still on that phase of preparation for whatever is coming, mm. and I took the same degree that you're taking. I did the two, three years in the theology. Ministry, and then I felt I wanted to continue, so I signed in for a master degree, and I'm finishing it. I'll send my master thesis November this year. Yeah. Oh. What? Yes. yes. That's awesome. Yes, also in theology. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, so that's the thing I'm uh, I'm uh, doing right now the master thesis as part time, and in the meantime, I also got a job at the school that mm-hmm. uh, you guys are yeah. in, yeah. a yes. part time job. So it really <laughs> it came in the right moment. Um, and yeah, I'm just, uh, uh, yeah, that's my occupation right now. Yeah. Mm. Not just, but not just, yes. Yes. (laughs) Uh, and so I married a pastor Mm -hmm. and so, uh, his ministry is my ministry, you know, you know, and of course my ministry is always the church where I am. Mm. Um, and, uh, yeah, just try uh, from the beginning in this church that we are, I just, you know, I try to be available for whatever they needed. Mm-hmm. And so I, um, yeah, I just uh, help out and um, yeah, serve there. For sure. Um, kind of changing gears a little bit. One of the things we talk about a lot on the show, but also amongst each other, is um, the kind of transition coming from one culture, which is American mm-hmm. culture, which is basically mm. just everything. <laughs> just yeah. a melting pot of a bunch of stuff. And coming to Norway, so we've talked a lot about our culture shocks, like things like we've talked about the language and how like I can't pronounce anything right, and, mm-hmm. and, and yeah. difficulties with that, mm-hmm. difficulties with like understanding why do Norwegians do like these certain things. So, what would 
if you have some insights on that, I think they'd be pretty fun. The difference, the culture shock coming from Portuguese culture to a Norwegian culture. Yeah, you know, when people ask me about it, I I always feel the urge to say I I came in right into the Christian bubble. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Also because yeah. it was so funny. Also, Espen was like. Uh, single for a long time and he's sort of known in the Baptist community and so as I walked in as Espen's girlfriend oh. everybody wanted to meet me <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so suddenly I got surrounded by all his friends mm-hmm. but I, I was I just walked in straight into the Christian Baptist bubble mm-hmm. uh, and so I cannot speak about so much about the Norwegian culture in general I just got to know more the Baptist and Christian culture uh, here in Norway uh, but definitely not language. It's it was more surprising. I remember like having this romantic view of like I'm gonna live in another country. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm gonna be challenged. I'm gonna grow. And mm-hmm. then it's so so hard mm-hmm. when you don't understand anything that happens around you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you get like I got like some tantrum uh, reactions <laughs> actually. If I like you mm-hmm. know you don't want to talk to me. I, well, I don't want to talk to you. Yeah. I, and I have, remember thinking Fine. like. Yes, like you, you want to speak Norwegian in, in my face, then do it. I don't care. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes. So it was so weird to have those reactions like, what's happening to me? I'm not yeah. that person. Um, so it was that shock. And also, I don't know. I, I do remember like feeling really weird. And there's like these little things about the Norwegian culture that I came to because I started to work as a graphic designer just part time for the Baptist um, youth. And I remember like meeting some people in this process of, um, and so it's, it was what I called the Norwegian compliment. Mm. And I spoke Ooh. with other people that moved in that also commented that they experienced the same mm-hmm. is that Norwegians are just so, so, so polite. Mm-hmm. And so I did like a little thing in graphic design. And people were suddenly, oh, Raquel, that's amazing. <laughs> wow, you are amazing, Raquel. Mm. You do it so well. You're just mm. so talented. And keep on and on and on. Mm. And so it was funny because. In the Portuguese culture, mm. if you're going to go that far in the compliment, you're being hypocrite and you're not even trying to fake it. Yeah, yeah. Mm. You're really being like phony. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's been interesting every time that people mm. come with the Norwegian compliment <laughs> to me. I have such a hard time translating in my head, you know, the, this person is, is not being mean to yeah, you. This, this person really. is not being hypocrite <laughs> to you. It. It's an, a compliment. Mm. It's cultural, Raquel. It's cultural. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, Zach has it's been... Those, so our, our friend Zach, who's, who you know also, has a <laughs> wonderful story about he's learning to speak Norwegian. And somebody said, oh, so flink. Which is like, it means you're good at something. So flink. And he's like, oh, my Norwegian is so good. And then it was like sometime later. Somebody was walking their dog, and their dog was on, was on the side of the thing making a mess. And the person was telling their dog, "So flink." Like, yes, <laughs> that just put it into perspective. He's like, "Okay." <laughs> yeah, so, so it was a bit weird to get to know that politeness mm. and find out mm. that it, it's natural for them. It's okay; they're being actually mm. nice to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, of course, the biggest shocks came with the, the, the Christian culture. is quite different, mm. Um, mm. and I don't know if you want me to. Yes. Well, sure. Develop I, all that. <laughs> yeah. Well, so. but the thing is, okay, I came in in a bad time because as mm. soon as I came in, in mm. and I, I was suddenly in the middle of meetings with mm. people, I've kept hurting things like, oh, this person said this, the person stands for this, and this person has this role in this ministry or in this organization. Mm. And I, I, yeah, I got, unfortunately, it was like, 
in the beginning, every single week, I found out something that was shocking to me. Mm. And so I was really uh, upset about it Mm. and thinking, you know, what can I do? Because, uh, well, in in my uh, country, in my church, I would not work side by side with people that had such different beliefs. Mm. Mm. Maybe I will work with them in hope, in like, you know, discipling, yeah. mm-hmm. but I would not work like as everything is okay. And here I was forced to be in that position mm-hmm. of being a middle mm-hmm. people that I felt that I need to teach them instead of working <laughs> with them, you know, yeah. um, right. and having to know, but uh, you're side by side. And I did have the thing of like, I'm just going to serve God in my bedroom, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and then I'll be fine with my conscience mm. but uh and and struggling about like how it's going to be my future here when people are so different and, and see church and see faith in such a different way mm. um i was scared about it but i did felt that god did not send me to norway to be close in my bedroom mm-hmm. and uh mm-hmm. and that i was just going to try to be as faithful as possible to scripture in the middle of people that have really different views and uh, maybe do a little tiny bit of influence uh, into the right direction when I see something that is off. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think uh, definitely one of the things that we should probably uh, say, talk about. <laughs> <laughs> That's the word. There it is. Yeah, they, what's the word for it? Uh, is that, uh, so we've, obviously before we came to Norway, talk, we've talked a lot with Norwegian Christians here, with missionaries that have come here and been like, what is... The terrible phrase that I still, uh, even after 29 episodes, need to figure out a better way to say this is the spiritual state of Norway, right? Um, So we know that there's uh, like a problem of over-secularization in the Mm. culture. We know that there's a problem like uh, that churches are dying out Mm. here. Um, And so we've known that and we've heard about that. And so you, um, especially coming into Norway, immediately becoming a part of that bubble yes. have valuable insights like for us because we're the new kids on the block we're not the, we're trying not to be the american like guns a blazing like k- kicking the door and be like we're here to come fix all the problems like yeah. no we're not yeah. trying there's a new sheriff in town and yeah what? it's not us yes. so so we're <laughs> so um you, you have uh, valuable insights uh, into that bubble and so we're, when you think about the problem spiritually here, we talk, we know about the over-secularization and stuff like that. What are some of the things that are like a real disconnect for you? Like that, yeah, just when you phrase, what does Norway need spiritually mm. in here? I know, small question. Yeah, but small yes. question. <laughs> um, what are some of those things? Okay, so some things that I've, I've noticed, and I I hear other people talk about it. Um, so it's not just me. Is um, it's the the, the churches are very very pragmatical, mm. very very pragmatical, and uh, mm. that was one of the shocks that I had. Is how they did things that I, in my point of view, they should reflect theologically about before doing them. Mm. Um, and so, and I, I, I struggle and I came across very much the idea of uh, the fear of God, you know, because you are careful with what your next step will be because mm. you do not want to upset God in any way. You want to honor him and, and just, you know, make sure that he's with a smile in his face mm. and everything mm. you do. Mm. Um, that's the fear that prompts you to do that. And I was remember talking with a friend about like, you know, these people need to learn about the fear of God. And she was like, 
Well, but you learn about fear of God by learning scripture, by learning who he is through scripture. And uh, I did come to like, yeah, so maybe it would be good to have, you know, more Bible education. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought of that as being one of the reasons. But, you know, there's there's different things. There's also a very consumeristic perspective. This country is also highly individualistic. It's mm-hmm. highly individualistic. Mm-hmm. And so you see people coming to church with a very consumeristic perspective and not so much uh, commitment. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people come and go. Mm. They don't feel that they have mm. to come to church every Sunday mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I've heard that. I've heard that about people in general. That in, in Norway, as compared to other places, people are a lot more transitory. So they'll be part of a church for mm-hmm. a while and and leave with no sense that this is my. Fa- we're making a familial mm-hmm. commitment. Or they tend to change jobs more, switch jobs more often than other people. Yes, it's uh, yeah, very yeah. relaxed for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and that, of course, it, it all has consequences. And so I can share that. I also came here with that spirit, like, you know, these people are all wrong and I'm going to teach them. Mm. <laughs> you know, join my class. I'm going to do a curriculum for you. Mm. Um, and then you start to talking with people that have been here before and also, they also have that shock and they start to explain, well, there's reasons why they are like that. And there's reason why you are like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a huge lesson about my Christian culture mm, as yeah. well. Mm. Uh, to think, okay, why do I do it like that? Uh, where does my influence come from? Um, and you, you start to understand and like, and it's not like excuses done, but it, there's a logic there that is yeah. it's easier to work with. Um, and that is very helpful to, for me, it is, I need, if I don't grasp the logic of it, for me, it's really, really hard to deal with it. And so for me, it was important to learn the lessons, learn the history of this uh, mm-hmm. church here and how the struggles that they had in the past, how they were so, so, so conservative in the past, mm-hmm. that people are so afraid of going back there that they do the opposite, for can, instance. Can we uh, unpack that? Because when yeah. we were talking about um, uh, you coming on the show and going through uh, some of these uh, con- concerns and insights that you have, you mentioned that. And um, so, what do you uh, what do you mean when you talk? I know what you mean, but let's uh, unpack it. What do you mean when you say that the way that churches did things in the past were super like hyper conservative, yeah. like way, on yeah, the, way the, off. off the off on the spectrum? What yeah. do you, what were the kinds of things they were doing? Okay, so I. Uh, someone told me a story and she's doing a doctor degree on, uh, on the Baptist here. Mm-hmm. And so she dug up a story of a, a girl that was walking home and uh, another guy from the church met. And so they walked together and that, you know, someone saw them, the word spread. She mm-hmm. was kicked out of the church for that. Oh mm-hmm. my goodness. Mm-hmm. So apparently it yeah. happened to that point, you know, it was discipline without love. Mm-hmm. And so of course the generation, the kids, then they decided to go into what is my opinion of love without discipline. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's what we see a lot. It's like, let's include, let's invite, let's, they need to stay in church. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and then you do whatever. Like uh, I see people using some roles that have some influence in the church as a way of just gathering people. Mm-hmm. You know, just, uh, oh, they're going to be entertained. They're going to do something. So they're going to mm-hmm. keep coming right. to church. So mm-hmm. yeah, let's, let's have them give them that. Yeah. Uh, it's just really, okay, let's be super cushly. I remember, yeah, yeah, <laughs> Emil, there was someone that it really resumes a lot of also the Christian culture is the cushly. Mm-hmm. Is that like, let's be warm and fuzzy, not confront, not mm-hmm. 
point fingers, not judge. Judge is like the taboo word. Mm-hmm. Don't judge. Uh, and I hear so, so many times people saying like, you know, you know, the person's uh, relationship with God is between them and God. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's very, very cushly. And to the point that I feel that they don't see that that stops being love at some point in time. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's really interesting. I, there's definitely some of that, especially where we come from as well. Yeah. We, I think there, I think there's impulse of the church, and I don't know if they come from the same place. It's really interesting to think about that. Maybe it's a reaction against being disciplined without love, mm-hmm. and so then you have a generation that reacts against that. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. inclusivity is a very high value, and discipline not so much. Yeah, and I, I appreciate that. There, like you said, there's a logic to that. Um, but we have a similar phenomenon in the United States, and I don't know if it's driven by the same thing, but it's, but we have the same impulse to get people here and keep people here, whatever that means or whatever that looks like. Yeah. And so, in the United States, the way the, the way that I've seen it is it it's gimmicks. What's the thing we can do or have at our church that will attract people here instead of to another church? Mm-hmm. So it's. The kinds of things that we put out for the students or for the for the young people, right? What are the kids going to appreciate? Because if the kids come here, their parents will come here. And there's this maybe it's let's just say it's an industry is maybe overly cynical, but there's a um, there's definitely a I don't know what to call it except for an industry, but the mm. like an understanding about what are the things that we can do that will attract people attract people to our church, right? And I think that's been a, a little bit of what we're reacting to mm. coming to Norway is is seeing the church a little bit differently. The, the way that we've talked about it has been mm. um, we're used to seeing church as being like the place uh, we call it the vacuum, or I call it anyways, uh, like the vacuum cleaner method. It's mm. a place that sucks all the people up inside on Sundays and then they scatter for the rest of the week and they get sucked back up mm-hmm. in on Sundays. And we are... Con- um, conceiving of church slightly differently or maybe very differently. It was more like a, like a slingshot model mm-hmm. where we come together on Sunday as a place to gain energy and momentum to be aimed and pointed mm-hmm. and be given energy so that we can let go because out there is where the work is done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so that, that's why I think we, are pursuing a different model. That's one of the things I love about home church is being involved in the community. So we still, of course we welcome people into our church, Yeah, but going and being a part of our community and loving and blessing our community and welcoming them to the family of Jesus is maybe is more important than, um, I don't know how to say it without sounding really critical, but Mm -hmm. that that's more important than people coming here instead of somewhere else. Yeah. And I think one of the most attractive things for me about doing ministry in Norway has been how much everyone is willing to work together. You know, we have mm. Baptists preaching at Lutheran churches. And mm. I, I was talking with uh, Yarlife about that. And, I, and mm-hmm. uh, he just had a Baptist preaching at his church. So you had a Baptist preaching at your Lutheran church? Mm-hmm. And he just kind of went, well, I mean, yeah. Well, the, given, <laughs> given our context, there is so much more that unites us than divides us. Mm-hmm. Then the stuff that the stuff that we disagree about is like a footnote, and mm-hmm. we just have to work together. We just have to. And so I've really, really appreciated and con- and continue to appreciate that aspect of ministry in Norway. It's like we don't have we don't have the luxury of competition, and mm-hmm. our 
our strategy can't just be, and maybe that's what's happening with some of our some mm. of our church, friendly churches who haven't maybe embraced that. Is our our culture can't just be like, how do we get people in this door instead of another one, something like that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm. What, um, there was something you were talking about um, in there. We actually talked recently. I guess at this point, it's like a couple episodes removed about mm. um, this kind of perceived uh, tension that the Christian worldview is intolerant, mm-hmm. um, which it is. Uh, <laughs> it is intolerant of a lot of things. Yeah. And so like, I can kind of see that whole, like, like the greatest sin, the greatest conceivable sin is that you could judge me. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, there's, there's lots to be said about that because I think that on, on one uh, side, we don't want to be critical. We want to be humble. Like we want to represent Jesus well and, and understand that, you know, we're imperfect uh, ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, on the other side of that, like, uh, there are real, like, things that need to be addressed, like unrepentant mm-hmm. sin. Like, mm-hmm. if yeah. someone is unrepentant in their sin and, um, needs to be reconciled to the community. And mm-hmm. so I, I love, I, I think you're exactly right. Like it's that discipline without love kind yeah. of thing and the love without discipline. Like those are two dangerous places to mm-hmm. be because I've seen both of those go really wrong. If you do discipline without love, there's only the division and the separation and there's no restoration of the community. Yeah, strong legalism. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because yeah. yeah. in in scripture, the context of church discipline is always for the benefit of the pers- of, of the congregation to protect them from, mm-hmm. you know, a little leaven leavens the whole lump, right? Mm-hmm. So, yes. Um, it's to protect the congregation, but also for the person being uh, excommunicated or you know removed from the community to restore them. Mm-hmm. It's like, listen, like we love you and we want to fellowship with you in this community, but uh, listen, your sin, your habitual sin and persistent sin, is affecting mm-hmm. the community. It's affecting the way that we worship Jesus together. It's affecting, it's affecting you. Yeah. It's affecting mm-hmm. you. It's affecting our fellowship. And you need to repent before you yeah. come back. Yeah. And when you just get the love without discipline, that stuff goes left unchecked. Mm-hmm. People's hearts get hard. Sin grows super high and to a level to where you can't just lovingly remove like one person. Mm. The church just like eventually succumbs to the cancer. Yeah. Like it, it, it just builds up. And then everything just explodes at once. Well, you know, well, because there's no mechanism or means for focusing your love and your attention, right? So mm. I, I just love how God has given us every human relationship to reflect the gospel. Mm-hmm. Mm. And, and so when we're confused about our relationship with God or our relationship with the church or whatever, we can think about how human relationships work when they work well. So imagine, uh, so imagine the, I, the same categories, love without discipline, discipline without love, how they, how, how those would make a uh, marriage look. So yeah. <laughs> if you have discipline without love, that could be a marriage. That's, that's a contract, right? Right. Mm. That's a contract uh, not to share a bed with anybody else. But that doesn't, that doesn't describe sharing life together. That doesn't describe all of the, all of the beautiful things about, um, about marriage and why that relationship is such a such an amazing thing. And then you imagine a marriage that's love without discipline. Mm-hmm. And I was just goodness, I can't even remember the context, but I saw recently um, there was a, a lady on some some documentary thing I was watching, and she was explaining to 
different kids why polyamory was a good idea mm. right so she's she's explaining trying to explain to, to kids the, to kids yeah <sighs> that's so gross yeah i know it's gross um but she's trying to explain she's like no no, no i have a husband and i love him but i love other people too and she was explaining love without discipline was great and she, it was to like a five-year-old and a 12-year-old and was great was the 12-year-old just like was not having it and he's like that's not it was he's awesome <laughs> but what you see is you go the, if you have if you have just just love which I hope you can hear the quotes that I'm <laughs> the quotes yeah. I'm putting around that word with my voice. If you have just love with no discipline, no focus, no aim, mm-hmm. then uh, then it doesn't then it doesn't um, then it has no value. It's just love for everyone. It makes nothing special about my relationship. So if my relationship with my wife, if we decided we we're going to have a polyamorous relationship, which by the way, just linguistically, that's a bad idea. But relationally, having a relationship where uh, <laughs> where we both have other partners then what that does is that that deletes all of the specialness from our relationship Mm -hmm. and it means that the love we have for each other is is no different than love we might have for other people apart from the contract (laughs) Mm -hmm. so so anyways all of that same i'm describing it really badly but you can see how that would go wrong in in that kind of relationship well now we can have a little bit better understanding of what that looks like in sort of call it covenant relationship with church where what we're doing is sharing sharing really the most important part of our our lives together and uh and with and with god almighty and mm-hmm. god has told us that we are a body and he's called the the church his bride and so now we have that relationship with god what does it look like when it's uh discipline without love well it's like you said strong legalism yeah. and it's and it's a contract and of course a part of our relationship with god does look slightly contractual right mm-hmm. it's it's covenantal which yeah. looks which looks slightly contractual Maybe very contractual. But now if the reaction against that is love without discipline, well then the love that you're doing in, inside a church building or when you're gathered or whatever, it's no different than your love, really nothing more special than your love of potatoes or your love of self or your love of sin. Yeah. And it's, it's all allowed because love is good. Well, well, that obviously that's not scriptural. Like, mm. And depending on, on what you mean by love, of course. But you can see why, you can see why either of those strategies would not produce you know, we talked about a thriving life well lived. Yeah. Why neither mm-hmm. of those produces flourishing. Yeah. And you can see why getting on um, either side of the spectrum, either of the extremes, mm. like you can see why, like how hard it is to make progress from there. Because mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. truth is it's not on this extreme or this one. Right. The truth is it's somewhere in the middle. Yeah. But if you start from... We used to be super conservative, mm-hmm. and we used to put the fear of God in people to the point where women couldn't date men, mm-hmm. right? Imagine that. It, yeah. And so that's where we came from. We will never go back. Now mm-hmm. we're going to be super seeker-sensitive and super liberal. Yeah. Now any progress towards the middle, which is where mm-hmm. the truth is, is now too conservative. Right. Yes. And it's the same thing over here. Like we used to be super liberal, super seeker sensitive. Mm-hmm. Anyone could do whatever they want. Now we're going to be legalistic. Right. Well, we need to soften our grip. Well, well no, no, no. That's going too liberal. Right. Well, so, yeah. yeah. Well, and we, what's interesting is we equivocate on that term judge or judgment, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. judgment can mean I condemn you, like a judge who gives you a sentence. Yeah. But judgment can also mean just, um, rendering an opinion about the world mm-hmm. and this, what's interesting is one of those just rendering an opinion without about the world is like love without justice <laughs> and judgment where i'm condemning somebody is like uh is like uh, i'm sorry to say love without justice like love without discipline mm-hmm. yeah. and then condemning somebody is like discipline without love yeah and it's and it's fun, like when people say don't judge me they're they mean the word both ways right sure, <laughs> yeah. they, so do. they mean the word both ways so it's like no no what you're doing is 
is saying is noticing or or judging, determining, pointing out whatever that there's yeah. that there's sin in my life, and I'm receiving that as condemnation. And when you go, no, 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 we're supposed to make judgments. It's not my it's not my job to. Um, I can't determine the nature of your relationship with God. That condemnation thing, the judgment that God does, that's for Him alone. Mm. However, I can render a verdict about whatever the, the, uh, an aspect of your life or our life or thing, whatever, what, whatever the thing is. They're saying people say, "Don't judge me about." Maybe it's polyamory. Mm, yeah. Like, don't don't judge me. Oh no, I'm not. I'm not judging you in the sense of a final judge like God Almighty, but. I am rendering a judgment about this about this thing. I'm saying it badly. I'm so. You're, will you rescue me? <laughs> I, I was not not rescue. I don't think you need rescue on that. But uh, I was just thinking that uh, there's. Um, I, I hear a lot the idea that you know uh, that it's between whatever the person is doing that is clearly bad mm-hmm. against scripture is again between them and God. Mm-hmm. And again, yeah, I, I said it before, Norway is a very individualistic country. Mm-hmm. Uh, and mm-hmm. it's, it's just sad. That brings such a light to what's going on yeah. because, uh, and, and I'm going to give, like there's many examples and that has been studied by, you know, scholars, not just Christian scholars, um, that uh, there was a very popular TV show uh, called Scam. Mm. Um, and the uh, United States wanted to use it mm-hmm. and did the American version. I, I, I tried to find this, so it's, I, I can, don't quote me on this, because, yeah. but I heard it. Mm. Um, and, and they wanted to do American version, and one of the changes they need to do for the American version, and again, this is a teenager show mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. teenagers, high school. The thing they needed to add in the American version were the parents. Mm. Mm. They were non-existent mm. in the Norwegian version. Yeah. Hmm. That's individualism. Hmm. The opinion of my parents is huh. not important. Mm-hmm. Again, you build up, and, and I'm going to do this parenthesis because I think it's important in the discussion about Norwegian context. You build up a world where uh, for you to do whatever you want to do as a student, as a teenager, you do not need one penny from your parents. Mm-hmm. Good, right? means poor, rich. You're going to get education. You're going to mm-hmm. be prepared for the world. There's... Secondary consequences, that is, I do not need my parents. Mm-hmm. I don't need their opinion in my life. And mm-hmm. that sort of happens. Mm-hmm. And so you do grow up in like the system will cover for you completely. Mm. And then there's the side effect. You, beca- you don't need people. You don't need your family. You don't need mm-hmm. your community. You are very individualistic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I see that in like, you know, their relationship is with God and in God, if, if they're doing something wrong, mm-hmm. is the Holy Spirit, not me, mm-hmm. who will convince them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I feel and I hear that a lot. It's not my role mm, to mm-hmm. say no to other person. It's the Holy Spirit in them that will mm. say, yes, it's true, the Holy Spirit. Actually, I have to say, one of the shocks that I got uh, here in Norway, I always got the, this idea that, yeah, mm. the Holy Spirit, if it's in the person, it will convince the person of the sin. And, mm. and ultimately, at some point in time, you will be convinced. Mm-hmm. But I fear that it's not happening so much here. And of course, I cannot know if the person truly has the Holy Spirit in them or right. not. Mm. But uh, maybe it's also that uh, there's this very, very absent role of the community. Yes. Mm. And the role of the community <laughs> in helping you grow. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah so yeah. one way we can think of it or the way that it might seem is, well, listen, Christians, it's our job to tell other people that they're filled with sin. And that's not at all what we're talking about. Yeah. I love how you said the role of the community to help each other grow. Mm-hmm. And that's why, I mean, that's why discipleship is so important to us. We talked about that a little bit at church on Sunday. And that's something that we talk about often um, is the role of discipleship. And what does discipleship look like? It looks like entering life together and for a more mature believer and a less mature believer to work together on 
living life well together, mm-hmm. something like that. So how can I influence uh, whoever my disciple is toward virtuous Christian living? And it mostly happens um, by me being a good model of that role. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mostly happen by me telling you what to telling you what to do or telling you about your sin or blah blah blah. But it does have to do with us having a relationship where we love each other and we trust each other. And you'll hear me. Uh, you'll hear me when I describe the things that you're having trouble seeing yourself. And mm-hmm. so, so the role of community, I think you're, I think you're so right. I think that's something mm-hmm. that we've lost. I think hyper individualism is mm-hmm. unscriptural. Like how do you deal with oh, yeah. James when he says, confess your sins to one another yeah. and yeah. it has something to do with sickness so that you, <laughs> you can't do that. Your, you can't do that in your closets. Like be healed. Confessing sin has something to do with, with my health. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. And it's in the context of community or why is church discipline uh, excommunication and don't think of like the Catholic right. pronouncement of it. It just means yes. we won't commu- you're not in the fa- we won't communicate with you anymore. Sure. You're not in the family anymore unless and until there's there's restoration. That only happens in the context of community. And even the process or procedure of church discipline is a community is a community process. And and uh, goodness gracious, there's there's so much there's yes. so much to say. Yes, there is. But we lose that what God is building is a family. Like what yeah. God mm-hmm. has has in mind for us is a family not a club of individual members. We're not a book club where you, you do the work on your own and we, and you make sure to read your chapters and then we come back together and discuss what we've read. Mm -hmm. The point is we're going to be family together forever. And how do we, how do we learn how to do that? Well, by being like God who has been, you'll, he'll forgive me for over anthropomorphizing, but God who has been family forever mm. yeah. enjoys, uh, invites us to join in that familiar aspect of relationship with him forever. Mm. And you don't do that by yourself. We've, we've talked about it. People have told us things like I can be a Christian by myself in the forest or at the beach. And I go, no, you know, for one afternoon. For sure. an after- <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> well, no, you can't. That's like saying I can be uh, a family member. Pick your family's name. I can be a Smith by myself. Well, no, you're you're just being a you're just being you. You're mm-hmm. just being you. That doesn't make you like that. Doesn't define. It's like I was gonna say a quarterback. I don't know any of the foot any of the like <laughs> European football, whatever. You, a goalkeeper. I can be a goalkeeper by myself. It's like well, that makes no. Being a goalkeeper makes no sense without the context of the rest of the team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and being a disciple of Jesus. It makes no sense without all of his one another commands. You cannot do all of the one another's without each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's really interesting. Like for our context, mm-hmm. intending to plant missional communities in the future. Um, because I've like caught hints of that um, in our time here, but you're the first person that I've heard actually like name it individualism and like just that as a. Um, and valued characteristic or mm-hmm. something yeah. of the Norwegian, um, just the general Norwegian population. Because um, for missional community, um, that, like, we have to work hard to <laughs> make sure that doesn't right. creep into our system because that, um, that will just, that would kill. Well, America, yeah. we're, we're pretty individualistic we're too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But just the, like, missional community is, mainly founded on like this being a family mm-hmm. like it almost um the like first thing to start describing missional community with is like the things that sound synonymous to what you would describe a family with mm-hmm. like oh they borrow each other's cars they go to each other's basketball games like mm-hmm. they're they just you describe people living life together um 
and just yeah individualism now i'm like scared of it it's like standing <laughs> in the corner yeah. and I'm like yeah we need to face that yeah yeah and i mean it's just so because it's so antithetical to the uh, prescribed and described thing mm. we see in scripture. Right. So, I mean, w- when we look at in Acts chapter two, uh, the community sharing all things mm-hmm. in common, mm-hmm. not out of compulsion or because they were forced to, um, but voluntarily because they mm-hmm. loved each other, because they cared about, like, it, the closer they got to each other, mm. the more they cared about evangelism, the more they cared about getting closer to God, the more they cared about each other's sin and yeah. repenting of sin to keep mm. the community mm-hmm. um, healthy. I think it's just so important. Yeah. Um, I'm down to hear any more reflections you have on that, but we are uh, approaching that time. <laughs> yeah. we, could, uh, we could park the car. Or we could just say we'll do a part two, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> and step on the gas, like we. Yeah, but yeah. I I really just so value that perspective. Mm-hmm. I mean, it really just kind of speaks into something that like we suspected like might uh, need some attention, especially with the, our vision of church planting and you know uh, what well, what really animates us, what mm-hmm. is passionate about us. Yeah. But hearing your perspective as uh, someone married to a Norwegian, being plugged into churches here. Um, you are you're also kind of an outside perspective, you know, coming from Portugal. Yeah, yeah I'm, um, I'm still getting Norway. How, how long yeah. have you been here? Five years. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, very cool, excellent. Well, hey, uh, I'll tell you what, we'll definitely have you on again. Yeah, <laughs> uh-huh. sure. no. <laughs> this is really fun, and I love I love that those were your takeaways. It's no uh, no surprise to me knowing who you are, knowing your thesis topic, that yeah. all of those um, <laughs> and who you are. That's going to be interesting. Also, yeah, <laughs> excellent. Awesome. Well, hey, I appreciate you talking about those. And I think um, the, those are some issues that we'll definitely be exploring on future episodes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe definitely have you on again to talk yeah. about some of them. And also just in life. like So we're we're family now. And church, mm-hmm. right? so we definitely will be like investigating all of that stuff together. Yeah. Yeah. Just in and Christian, should in we Christian throw life. that onto her? That yeah, we're yeah. her family too? <laughs> Listen, yeah, yeah, yes, absolutely. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You don't have to like your family. So she doesn't, you don't have to mm-hmm. like, you were definitely family. We just won't, we won't uh, put on you that you're, we're, uh, your, we're friends. your friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're yeah. ours, but we wouldn't yeah. have to be That's right. In your book. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah but, it, you know, I feel that, um, again, the chalk can be like, oh, this is so different. They do it in such a different way. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, I by speaking with other people, and I will advise those other people to come as well because they 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 know even more. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, to understand, to peel out the all these layers of why, how did it came to be, mm-hmm. it does. Uh, and, and it's just I know that we are running out of time, but uh, yes. something that I mentioned to you yesterday. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're gonna lead any change, if you're gonna be a leader here in, for any change, you need to to do something that uh, one of my teachers and master said, and I felt it was like. Yeah, of course, you need to name reality mm. because we come here with mm. our preconceptions, say like, this is what is wrong. Mm-hmm. But if you appeal and understand why, how it came to be, you understand that many times, you know, a sin that many times happens from a good heart. You mm-hmm. wanted a good thing. Mm-hmm. You want to run away again from the high conservative. So you go, you want a good thing, but mm-hmm. it, just, it just gets corrupt in the mm-hmm. process. You just yeah. lose your focus, right? And And if you can understand exactly what's going on that maybe you can name it and people are like oh yes that's that's our reality mm-hmm. we are listening now mm-hmm. um and so i'm i feel i'm still in that process of naming the reality naming what's going on and how different this is mm-hmm. not just claim mm-hmm. like you know you are all you know unbelievers and rebels <laughs> and uh, i'm here to teach you <laughs> yeah yeah 
Well, us too. And I look forward to learning more about that mm-hmm. and naming reality together yeah. Uh, yeah. as we go through that. So uh, anybody who tuned in, uh, we appreciate you hearing Raquel's insights. Yay. Appreciate you hearing our comments on Raquel's insights. And we look forward to seeing you back next week and for many more weeks. And the next time we'll have you on. Yeah. Oh, thank great. you so much. Uh, and thank you for about, inviting me. Yeah. Yes, of course. And you are always welcome at the Word First Radio table <laughs> of, of theology and uh, church planning. So... <laughs> Thank you for watching, and we'll see you again next week. God bless. Thank you so much for listening to Word First Radio. If you like the podcast, please like, share, and subscribe. If you want to learn more about Word First and how you can support the ministry spiritually and financially, check us out at wordfirst.us. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Word First Radio, and we'll see you again next week. God bless. God bless.